Hello and welcome to the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and I know my tone kicking off the show doesn't doesn't match the music I have playing under my voice right now, but I don't care. Because one, this music gets me excited. And two, if you don't know what this music is, it is the menu theme from The Last of Us. Because on Monday, the first teaser trailer for the HBO version of The Last of Us dropped. And it looks absolutely incredible. Like, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, like, we got a lot of crap to cover on this show. <laughs> like, I don't have time to talk about football. Like, which is insane given the fact that, actually, I'll hit that now, that the Chiefs, the Bills, who else lost this week? I know the Chiefs and the Bills did. The, the Chiefs, the Bills, and another good team lost. Um, oh yeah, the Buccaneers. Like, all these good teams lost this week. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Buccaneers, and, and uh, well, the Cardinals are playing the Rams. But, oh, and the Niners. Because I think, uh, I think the Broncos are pure ass. Like, they, they got lucky. Their, their coach is a moron. And they're, they're terrible. But, enough, enough football talk. Because we got way too much other stuff to get into. So, Last of Us trailer. It starts off, you got one, tone-setting music. Very important for The Last of Us. And again, acoustic guitar, because that's very much Joel and Ellie's signature. Like, I don't... It's been forever since I played the game. Um, I don't think we ever see Joel directly playing a guitar. We know he can, because he teaches Ellie. In the in the years between Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, he teaches Ellie how to how to play the guitar, so he does know how. And that that famous trailer, whatever, and freaked out is like, oh my god, Ellie looks like such a lesbian. It's like, did 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 you not play Left Behind? <laughs> and it seems like it seems like we're actually going to get some of Left Behind in the show, which cool. Left Behind story was awesome. Like, Left Behind was such a good companion to the first game. Like, I'm I'm glad we're going to get to see that in the show as well. Because it, it's so... It's really important to Ellie's character, too. Like, it uh, makes an already compelling character even more compelling. But... Yeah, it seems like we're only getting the first game, which I'm fine with that. You know, first game is significantly better than the second one. Mostly because I'm still pissed about this. I got the second one spoiled for me right before it came out. So I just, and I was broke. So I just never got around to playing it. I, I do need to go back and play Last of Us Part 2. But I think even among the people that liked 2, general consensus was that 1 was better. But there were a few things in this trailer that were ripped straight from the game. Like Joel, like, bending down and 
and grabbing Ellie's face and looking her square in the eyes. Like that was ripped straight from the game. Someone put Pedro Pascal and the shot from the game side by side. And it was, it was exact. Like I get the distinct feeling that is from one of the two episodes that Neil Druckmann himself directed because it was the exact same shot. And like anyone who's played that game and you go, you go just a couple seconds into that, you go, eh, I'd say it's about, I'd say it's a little over a minute into the trailer. You hear the clicker for the first time. And it's the exact same sound from the game. And they even got the movement like that really like, like that really like jerky movement where they're like clicking and their, their shoulders like pop. Ugh. I hate it. I I hate it, but I love it. Because I hate clickers. I despise clickers. But at the same time, the show version of them looks so good. And from what we saw, they look practical. Which is even more insane. But like, oh my god, those... The clickers look so good. But so terrifying. And thankfully, I'm not the only one who uh, has experienced this. When uh, when I first heard the clickers in the trailer, it just immediately triggered my fight or flight response. And that seems to be the consensus of other people who have played the game and watched the trailer. Like when you hear the when you hear that, it's like, OK, time to time to focus because I got to run away from these things without making any noise, or I gotta kill him. Those are my only two options. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Basically, and this is this is gonna be the, the dumbest segue I have ever written. It, it literally rocket jumped into a man cannon over the, uh, over the very, very low bar set by the Halo series on Paramount. Speaking of Halo, I told you this is such a lame segue, but we have we have Halo stuff to talk about, and obviously, not much to talk about directly in the trailer. That's why it only took six minutes. But HCS, oh jeez, HCS Orlando was this past weekend, and I thought it was really freaking good. Because all the Halo majors have been good. Like, the game, not in the best state. Not enough maps. It's been... We we still don't have Forge. Forge got delayed until November, which really sucks. Like, we won't have Forge for literally another five weeks. <laughs> but, hey, like, when Forge comes... I'm hyped because that's going to because 343 have been working on a crap ton of maps just in Forge and have other people building maps in Forge for them. It's um, it, it's it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be fine. I am I am not one like, look, 343 has fucked up repeatedly. I'm not one to uh, completely rip on them for every decision they make. But that's not what this is about. This is about the actual event itself, and it was 
really good. Because you got a couple, uh, like, day one, day one was, like, surprisingly fast. I think, I think it was uh, the sec the second to last game. The second to last game of day one was initially supposed to start at six. It started at like 10 till five. It started at like 4.50 Eastern time. It started, it started over an hour before it was supposed to, because all of the, uh, all of the Friday games went by so freaking quickly, <laughs> which kind of sucks, but like, yeah, like, like, yeah, the, uh, Like the the Friday games, <laughs> the Friday games were scheduled to were were scheduled to start so much later than they actually did, and then, but group play, group play went about as expected. Optic and Phase were top of their group, with Ascend right in the middle. Fnatic after them, and then their open play team Chiefs, who just you know went. A, uh, a pitiful 0-4 and, and got swept in all four matches, including a 250-0 loss to Optic on Strongholds Recharge. Or Recharge Strongholds. Which, how do you not score any points on Recharge Strongholds? Like, I know Optic are good, but you got completely shut out in a game that's meant to be kind of balanced. Like, that's... That's just kind of sad. But groups went about as expected. Uh, I I expect... Except B. I honestly expected um, Native Red, the, the former Kansas City Pioneers roster. I expected them to do better. I expected them to do much better than than two and two. With uh, like gamers first, they surprised me. It, this group was this group was very balanced. <laughs> gamers first went four and zero. Oh, Sintra Negra went oh Sintra Negra went zero oh and four, and then everybody else went two and two. It was a very balanced group B. Then Group D, United going four and zero. They had snipe down. That's that's kind of obvious. Cloud Nine still a really good team even after the roster shakeups. I expected better of Space Station because that's the former Pittsburgh Knights roster, who you know just got signed to a bigger org, best team in Mexico. I figured they would at least finish ahead of like the fourth best team in Europe, Jlings. And then, and then falling esports, they went 0 4. They, uh, and then they got swept by, they got swept by war in the, uh, in the first round of the losers bracket. Like, cool. Team War went on a freaking run. Like, they, they made it into, they made it into losers four and then ran into, the the early tournament buzzsaw that was G2 with uh with barcode. But obviously the 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 big story of this tournament, 
all happened on Sunday. Like, like the big story of this tournament was was Sunday. Was Sentinels getting two reverse sweeps back to back in losers bracket to stay alive, only to then get swept by Cloud Nine. But hey, uh, I have learned never count Sentinels out ever. And of course, a top four finish does give them does give them a bid to Worlds in Seattle next month. As does everyone else who same with same with everybody else who finished top twelve. But obviously, finishing top four gets them gets them a pretty good seed heading heading into World Championships. And of course, pretty convincing win by by C9 over FaZe in losers finals after after FaZe just got obliterated by Optic. Like I know each individual map was was close, but like at the same time not really. Like winners bracket. What was the uh what were the what were the ind- what were the individual map scores on on this uh don't want to pull up the Twitch feed. If I remember correctly, the individual map scores were not all that close in in Optic versus Phase. And then of course, Optic versus Cloud9 was was kind of was kind of a uh, was kind of a walk in the park for uh for Optic. <laughs> like this was such an easy tournament for them. They dropped two maps the entire weekend and two of them were in their much better match against phase in groups. Like they dropped one map to E United in uh winner's semis and they dropped one map to cloud nine in grand finals in, in the, in bracket play, everything else was a sweep. They swept oxygen. They swept phase and really even though they lost that one map to Cloud9, they were clearly the better team in that series as they were in every series they played this weekend. Where, you know, went perfect in groups and stayed in winner's bracket the entire time. And, you know, only dropped two maps in the championship bracket. Like, Formal looked absolutely incredible. Trippy looked really good. Like, Every that entire team looked absolutely incredible and they are in really good form heading into heading into worlds, which is the the shortest amount of time between real lands, because I don't count Anaheim, because they uh they they chickened out because they were afraid of that little mini COVID spike that came at the end of the year at the end of 21 and carried into early 2022 because California remember that it almost ruined the Super Bowl (laughs) but that was that was only about that was a little over a month after Raleigh but that of course was NA only now we got another international event that is just mostly NA (laughs) Because this was a this was a very bad tournament for Europe, like 
Ascend didn't make top 12. Navi did. Did did anyone else coming into this event expect Navi to be the only European team to make top 12? Because it certainly wasn't me. I thought two were going to get it, and I thought it was going to be Ascend and Quadrant. We're going to finish, we're going to finish top 12. Quadrant aren't even going to play in, aren't even going to the play in. <laughs> Jayling's got that second spot for Europe. Like that's, it was, it was a bad tournament for Europe. Their two best teams had not so great showings. And cause how did, uh, how did, how far did Ascend actually get? Cause I don't think they got very far. Yeah. They were, they started, they started in losers three and they got beat by team war led by hysteria. Like team war is, is basically just, a lot of the former SSG roster from the look of it. Like Envor. Oh no, the, the former, uh, the former Fnatic roster. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Rami Envor. Yeah. About half the, about half the former Fnatic roster plus Hysteria, who a lot of people have said, is kind of washed. Uh, clearly not the case. And, uh, and Tony was, Tony was awesome for team war. Like he was, he was by far their MVP, but yeah, they sent, they sent ascend packing without a top 12 finish, which was like, they, I expected much better of them. I expected at least top eight out of out of ascend same thing with quadrant team war sent both of them home <laughs> but yeah it was uh it was it was not a good showing for europe this weekend at all and another another weird like another like weird trivia thing that that came out of this weekend is the fact that uh formal has literally never lost a major in orlando ever in in cod or in halo he has never lost a major event in orlando like that's such a that that's such a that's such a weird thing that formal who i'm pretty sure is from california and spends a good chunk of his time in texas is uh doesn't actually doesn't actually say where he's from. Uh, oh no, he is from, and he's only, he's less than two weeks older than me. But yeah, he's from California and spends most of his time in Texas, just gets a buff from playing in Orlando. Like that's, that's insane. Like the man has, the man has never finished less than champion, champion in Orlando. Like bunch of different hail, couple different Halo majors, couple different uh, CWL majors, IW champs, and now HCS Orlando. That's insane. It's been like six different events across his entire career, and he is the only one he didn't win was a CWL qualifier, and that, by definition of being a qualifier, is not a major. 
So that's that's just that's just nuts. Like this dude has this dude gets such an Orlando buff. But we can't talk about how good Championship Sunday was without talking about the throwback throwdown. Which like I don't know how they keep doing it, but the HCS is absolutely incredible at show matches. Like I think I think Big Team Battle Bonanza at um at Raleigh was a little bit better. One, because it was a little more competitive and the the wrestling fan in me was a big fan of of oh sudden Adam Cole. Like I, I have told this story before. I was like I was half asleep because I was really freaking tired, like watching the end of the day. It was like, oh cool, they're doing big team battle bonanza now. And uh and Golden Boy and Walshy are talking shit to each other as they do and you just immediately hear like oh i got i got a good teammate and you just hear you know it's all about the bone I, like, I where do i know that music before from and i look at the the big video board up on main stage and it's playing adam cole's titantron video I'm like oh that is that is actually adam cole <laughs> And he just walks out and he, I think he even did the Adam Cole baby, which about like 10% of the audience knew what to do in that situation. Cause not, there is overlap, just not a whole lot. It was like, Hey, Adam Cole's here. And I was like, that's really cool. Like I don't, cause I did not get into esports until I was in college. So I don't know as much about like old school competitive halo but i i know triggers down and when i saw the rosters i knew i i knew who was gonna win this thing like elamite coach lunchbox coach neighbor coach walshy commentator best man coach heinz retired hysteria still actively playing with, uh, somehow with, uh, oh no, he's not. So he's, he's effectively just part of, he's somehow both part of war and complexity, which, uh, sure. Don't really get that one, but obviously iconic triggers down player just because it's mentioned on his, uh, his uh esport is Halo Esports wiki page. Hysteria, still an active player, had a very good week weekend. Snipe down. Still an active player, one of the best players of all time. Still one of the best players of all time, still playing at a very high level. So yeah, Triggers Down was going to win. They they absolutely dominated. But hey, the pit is coming back. But now it's cyberpunk. And like people were people were crapping on it, but I like the new design. It's still the same layout. It's just been scaled up to compensate for infinite's faster movement speed. And and they got rid of the fence so you could make repulsor plays off the edge. <laughs> and uh, we got to see that in action in I think it was the CTF. We uh we got to see that in action where uh I th- I think it was actually Elamite who just got like 
just got yeeted straight off the edge of the map, which I thought was really cool. And like, it's the pit. You got the two sniper spawns at each end. You still have the tower with the grav lift. Like everything else about the map is exactly the same. You still got the bases. You still got the trap door. And it's going to be in HCS rotation, which means it's going to be in a ranked rotation once it gets added. Unfortunately, with Forge, because you can look at the map and tell it's not entirely done. Like there's still some some lighting issues they need to fix. I will give them that. Like, because that map isn't finished and it still looks incredible. Like, it's a little weird that they didn't just remake the original pit because I know they are more than capable of remaking the original pit. But at the same time, that would aesthetically completely invalidate the existence of live fire. <laughs> like, aesthetically, that would completely invalidate live fire's existence because... In terms of aesthetics and lore, they would be the same map. So, put the same layout on top of a skyscraper. You can yeet people off the side. Give me a cool, like, cyberpunk cityscape and, like, purple and yellow lights everywhere. I'm in. Sign me up. And I actually just saw this in, uh, in the middle of recording when I, uh, when I checked, when I checked the, uh, the Discord. I checked the uh, HCS Intel Discord. There's a link to a tweet from Tashi, the man himself, head of esports at 343. Looking at our data, it appears we had higher viewership for the Orlando Major this past weekend across all channels than we and platforms than we did for Kansas City. And Kansas City was hype. Like, I was hyped for Kansas City because it was right before season two. It's like, all right, it's going to revitalize the game. It didn't. Season two revitalized the game for a little bit, but uh, not much. Had some very cool cosmetics, though. I still love the season two cosmetics, and no one can tell me otherwise. The season two cosmetics are awesome. The canon cosmetics. Uh, the fracture is is okay. I think season one fracture was better. But yeah. 343 Esports is still, or Halo Esports is still going strong. We just need the game to be a little bit better. And they keep saying, like, Forge is going to change things, and we got rumors of certain, we got certain affinity being really vague about something big and unannounced, which means it's not the BR? <laughs> like, they announced a BR back in January. It was implied Certain Affinity was working on it, but apparently Certain Affinity is working on something else. Has a bigger dev team than 343. So I don't know what the heck is going on, but hey, they're making progress. They should not have called that video announcing the pit a world premiere. They should have just said, hey, we're doing the throwback throwdown here to celebrate Halo 3's 15th anniversary. And then you just announce the pit as a total surprise people would be going nuts. Like, it's like, oh, cool. We're just doing this. Like, people will think you're going to announce Halo 3 throwback maps, but it could also just be like, oh, hey, we're going to have these Halo 3 era players come back and, and play each other on main stage again. God. <laughs> Snipedown would have been a teenager. Snipedown would have been like 17. 
at the at 17, 18 years old at the peak of Halo 3 esports. Good lord. But they they didn't do that. They had to call it a world premiere, and they only announced one map, which uh really pissed people off. But at the same time, like if a community creator made like a cyberpunk version of the pit on their own, people would lose their shit. So I'm happy. And I'm also pulling the implication that they probably weren't, they're probably making other Halo 3 throwback maps. It's just the pit is one of the most iconic Halo 3, both casual and competitive play maps. Like obviously the most casual Halo 3 map is Sandbox. Because it was a literal playground. But we've all played Shoddy Snipes on the pit. Anyone who played Halo 3, we've all played Shoddy Snipes on the pit. And it's really fun. And I can't wait to play Shoddy Snipes on the pit again. Because they're probably going to put Shoddy Snipes in the game permanently because everyone enjoyed the yapping so much. But hey, that's what I got for... Both that little Last of Us tease and uh, the HCS and Halo as a whole. Up next, it is it is all gaming stuff this weekend. We're going to get into uh, some Call of Duty and what my thoughts were on the MW2 beta. That's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right. Like I said, all gaming stuff this week. There's too much to talk about. I played a lot of the Modern Warfare 2 beta this weekend. You can, uh, the, the stream VOD is still on my YouTube channel. Link in the description. Same as always. And I had a lot of fun with it. This was the most fun I have had with a COD game in a very long time. Like, literal years. Like, you'd have to, you'd have to go back, honestly, to Modern Warfare 3, because I didn't play that much BO2. Like, that, that's how far back you'd have to go. You'd have to go back 11 years. Mostly because I skipped everything from Ghost to World War II. <laughs> Ghost to BO3, skipped all that, played a little bit of World War II, it wasn't very good, skipped BO4, and I've played every game since MW2019. So, I could have had fun with BO3. I know a lot of people like BO3. I also remember at the moment, at the, in the time, a lot of people hated BO3. And then when IW came out, they were even more pissed. <laughs> but here we are, 2022. New game, sharing the same name of a legendary entry in the franchise. Uh, it's just the Roman numeral instead of the Arabic number. But it is still called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And I had a lot of fun with it. The guns felt really good. All of them. At least the ones I used. Because I basically only used uh, the M4 variants and the Lockman variants. Like, I used the M4 and the Hurricane, and I used the Lockman 7.62, which is the G3. I used the Lockman 5.56. Uh, not sure what, what real gun that equates to. 
And I used the Lachman sub a little bit, which is just the MP5. Everyone was hating on the 5.56. I really like that gun. Let me... Actually, I want to know... I want to know what real gun that is uh, That is based on. Lachman 5.56. It's... What's it... Uh, What's the what's the real gun it's based on? Yeah, real life. What's what's the what's the real gun? Oh, oh, that's why it's the HK thirty three. Yeah, that that's a gun we haven't had in, in Call of Duty in a long time. HK thirty three. HK thirty three Call of Duty. Like, how long have we? How long has it been since we have not had this thing? Like, it's been a while. <laughs> I think the last time we we had it was, like, in one of the older Black Ops games. But I think it's a really good gun. People were hating on it. Obviously, the, the sub, the MP5, just absolutely shreds. I think it's a beast of a weapon. It's, it's obviously going to be the meta SMG again this year. As much as I like the Hurricane, the, uh, the M4 SMG variant... The MP5 absolutely shreds. The thing is a, the thing is a beast of a gun. Like that thing, I I really like that thing. I'm gonna be using, I'm gonna be using that, and the 5.56 and the M, the M4, the like the base M4 actually kind of sucks. The base M4 is not very good, which is shocking. Because like even when it's not the best gun in the game. The M4 variants have never been bad. Like, the the M4 in MW2 was good. It was just the ACR was better. The Commando in Black Ops 1 was good. Just the FAMAS was better. MW3, the M4 was good. The ACR was better. You get the idea. And then we start, and then we were, like, in the future for the next five years. Five? BO2, Ghosts, AW, BO3, IW. Yeah, five years. We were, we were in the future for the next five years, went back to World War II, and then we're in the future again. So there wasn't really a game with an M4 variant for another seven years, <laughs> which is insane. Like, like the standard gun of the U.S. military just wasn't in a Call of Duty game for seven years because it was either so far in the future or so far in the past, they were either not being used anymore or weren't invented yet. But overall, beta was really fun. I'm going to do the positives first because I don't have as much to say about the stuff I liked other than the fact that I liked it. Obviously the guns. I really like the gunplay. I, I do like the new gunsmith system. It is going to take... It is going to take some getting used to, but I, uh, I do, I do enjoy the, I do enjoy the new gunsmith system. I do enjoy the receiver setup where you can mix and match compatible attachments with different variants of the same gun. Like that's, that's, that's how actual guns work. Like if you, if you buy in a, if you buy a site for or like if you if at their core they are the same gun like the uh the m4 and the hurricane if at their core they are the same gun 
and you have a site that fits the M4 build, that site should also conceivably fit the SMG build within reason. Obviously, you're not going to put a super long-range scope on something that's built as an SMG, unless you're unless you're a psychopath. But I like I like the new gunsmith. Uh, the UI is bad. The UI for gunsmith is bad, and the UI for overall UI overall is bad. Uh, it's laid out like a streaming service, and that makes sense when you see that a lot of UI designers joined Activision from Hulu and Netflix over the last like year and a half. Which why would you? Why would you hire UI designers from a streaming service to make the UI for a video game? That makes no sense. But that's that's like one of the like I can learn to navigate this incredibly shitty UI. It just was not designed with controllers in mind. This UI was absolutely designed with mouse and keyboard in mind. It was not meant for controllers. And as a controller player, that sucks. I'll get used to it, but I still don't like it. But uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. The maps. We only saw a few maps. I only played a little bit of Ground War. The Ground War maps are okay. They, they have a lot of that Warzone vibe where it's just stairs and camping spots everywhere. It, 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 and that makes sense. They're part of the Warzone map. Most of them are anyway. So, like, I get it. They, they had to design it with Warzone in mind, not actually... They had to design it with Warzone in mind too, not actual multiplayer. But yeah, like the, you can look at those buildings and tell like, oh yeah, there's just one way up to the roof. There's high walls that you can prone behind. The walls are high enough that you can completely prone behind them and no one will be able to see you unless they are also on the roof. That roof only has one, maybe two points of access other than parachuting in. Like, it, it was definitely it was definitely built with Warzone in mind. I'm not talking about them. I am talking about the six v six maps, and we only saw a few. We saw Museum, we saw Mercado, we saw Farm Eighteen, and we saw Hotel. All four of them are better than any of the maps in MW 2019. So even if these are the four worst maps in the game. Which I don't think they will be, because I really like Mercado. I really like Mercado, and I like Farm 18, because even though there are some prime camping spots, there are also those camping spots are also prime to throw drill charges at. Because those camping spots have walls that you can't necessarily see out of from every angle. Like, and if you're running dead silence, which I am, which I was on most of my class builds, you can just yeet a drill charge onto the wall and let it do its thing. As soon as I unlocked the drill charge and put it in one of my custom classes, first time I used it, I got a triple kill with it on farm 18. And by the end of the weekend, I was not, a I was not as successful with it, throwing it into obvious camping spots. So clearly people learned you can't do as much camping in this game. But even the worst map out of the four, Museum, is better than Shoot House and Gunrunner. Because, for one, 
Gunrunner was just a dis- a depressing shade of beige. And it made it really easy to camp, even on the good map. And, you know, just the wide open spaces that serve no purpose other than fucking game flow. And I, I was using fucking there as a verb, not an adjective. Uh, other than screwing up the flow of the game. Because they had... They had two big open spaces in, each, in opposite corners of the map that did absolutely nothing other than, like, no objectives ever spawned there. They were just there to slow down the game flow. That's all they did. Even on the best map in the game. Even on the best launch map in the game. Actually, none of the DLC maps were any good either. Other than Shoot House. Like, Shoot House was probably the best map in that game, but it wasn't in the pro play rotation. And even then, you could have taken that building over the over top mid. You could have taken that building out, and that map would have been a million times better. It wouldn't have made a lot of sense, but that map would have been a million times better if it if it didn't have that much verticality. Like if it was just a flat map, like original shipment, would have been so much better. But that's the game from three years ago, and they literally just made Farm 18, which is basically them redoing Shoot House to make it better. And I like Farm 18. It's not my favorite map in the game. It it probably is number three, because I liked uh, Mercado and Hotel better, partially because they had actual color. Like, Farm 18 had that, that Call of Duty beige... And, like, Museum had color. It was just the worst map. It was the one that was the easiest to camp on. The flow was kind of weird. There were a lot more doors. I don't love that doors are back, but there's clearly significantly less of them. But that's the thing. Museum is what I consider the worst map in the game right now. It's It would be the best map in the game in MW 2019. So already, this game is looking better. But, why do we still have this god-awful minimap that everyone hated from MW 2019 that now does not show red dots when people fire an unsuppressed weapon? Why is that a thing? That has been a staple of Call of Duty multiplayer for 15 years. Like, you put silencers in the game 15 years ago to give you the trade-off of, yeah, when you shoot this gun, you won't appear on the minimap. But you'll do a little bit less damage. Now, there's zero point to using a suppressor. Other than fighting sound whoring. And why does dead silence make a noise when you turn it on? That's even dumber. It's called dead silence. It shouldn't need that much of a nerf. It's already a field upgrade. And why in God's name is Last Stand back? I know you can't shoot from Last Stand anymore, but you can still get revived from it. You know how annoying that's going to be in search games? I don't even play Search, and I know that's going to be annoying. 
It's already bad enough in Hardpoint, because they'll be able to contest. Hopefully, like, you remember, because I do, the MW3 reveal from 2011? When one of the lead multiplayer designers from Infinity Ward said the word, said the words, fuck you, last stand. Because I remember. He said all, and that's the thing. Infinity Ward listened to all of the community's problems from MW2. One man army, commando, shotguns as secondaries, last stand. And you know what they did in MW3 two years later? They took all of those things out. Now, 11 years later, they're putting one of the worst things back in. You might as well add Commando Pro. At least, at least, even though everyone complained about it, we all used it. (laughs) Like, Last Stand in MW2 was effectively GA'd by the entire community. Like, if you used Commando, people would complain about it, but it's like, it's like, ah, crap, he's using Commando. But at the same time, you had a Commando class. I had one. I used it all the time. It was great. I did not use Last Stand in MW2 at all. I used Commando Pro. Which, again, was stupid and broken, but I used it in every class. I didn't use Final Stand as a death streak either. I use I used Painkiller and Copycat. Like I never, and I hardly ever used my death streaks anyway, because normally I would copy someone's class and I didn't like their gun build. That was that was mostly better in early level when you could copy the build of someone higher skilled than you and then use their really good gun. That you haven't unlocked yet. Like the ACR. Even though it was a pretty early unlock. In terms of like MW2's level 70 max multiplayer. But. Stop. Stop making. Having Dead Silence make a noise when you turn it on. For the love of God. Bring it. Put. Even if you don't change the minimap. Put the red dots back. It can't be that hard to code it in there, and it's been a staple of your franchise for 15 freaking years. If people don't want to appear on the minimap when they shoot their gun, guns now have five attachment slots. You can, and a couple of them, like, and some of them don't even do damage reduction because there are barrels with integrated suppressors. Like, I had one on my M4 and MW2019. It was great. It didn't do it didn't do that much damage reduction, but it kept me off the minimap. And that's why I used it. Because it didn't take it didn't lower my damage as much as a normal suppressor would. It didn't lower my bullet velocity as much as a normal suppressor would, and it still did the job of a suppressor. And the drawback was I didn't get as many of the damage. I didn't get as much of a damage boost from my barrel like some of the better damage increase barrels. Like, that's a fair trade-off. And, like, you have suppressors and integrated suppressor barrels as attachments in Gunsmith. There's zero reason to use either of them now. 
unless unless you want to fight Soundhorn, which I ha- I hate Soundhorn. I despise it. And you made footsteps too freaking loud again. It is an arcade shooter. If I want to worry about about my footsteps and stuff, I will play Valorant or CS or Siege. If I want to worry constantly about how much noise I'm making while I'm running around in a game that otherwise encourages really fast movement, I'm going to play a different game. Let it be an arcade shooter again. That's when we had the most fun in MW2 and MW3. When it was mostly built for casual stupidity. Riot Shields, One Man Army, Noob Tube, um, Danger Close. Like, Danger Close and One Man Army. That is not a that is not a balanced perk set. But it was fun. Like, we all had fun using it. Or tack inserts. Yeah, tack, in, tack insert on the top of the skyscraper on high rise. One man army, ACR with a new tube, danger close. Is it dis- you you could rack up 30 kill games doing that. Like people got nukes that way. Just just camping on top of the skyscraper on high rise. Thunk, thunk, thunk. And it was fun. We hated dying to it, but you knew where he was, and you had ways of killing him if you just if you just planned correctly. Or you could just chuck a Semtex up there and get really lucky and stick the guy and ruin his fun. And you would all have a good laugh about it in the post-game lobby. They finally acknowledged disbanding lobbies and basically said, fuck you, we're not getting rid of them. Everyone wants disbanding lobbies to go away. Everyone wants map voting to come back. Get this through your thick skulls, Infinity Ward. Maybe Treyarch or listen to all the complaints over the next two years about the stuff Infinity Ward refuses to fix and put it in, in COD 2024. That would be hilarious. If Treyarch just listens to all of our complaining over everything Infinity Ward does wrong over the next two years and uses that to make their next Black Ops game just the best game since BO2. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. But overall, I do really like this game. I feel like we are making steps in the right direction for both COD and Halo. Like, it feels like we're making steps in the right direction to go back to 2007. Or 2009, to to be more accurate. Because that was, that was honestly a better year for both games. Because all the Halo 3 maps were out. And it was competing with MW2 instead of original Modern Warfare, which I think Halo 3 was pound for pound better than, at least in terms of multiplayer. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for Call of Duty. You guys who have played the beta, what did you think? Let me know on Twitter, in the Discord server. Links in the show description, same as always. But uh, yeah, that's it for Call of Duty. Up next, we'll uh, get into some League of Legends and wrap up the show. It's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right, welcome back final segment of the show let's get into some league of legends it is that time of year again worlds kicks off thursday afternoon at the very north america friendly time 
of 4 p.m. Eastern. Thank God. After years and years of 3 a.m. start times, like, the entire time I have followed League of Legends esports, Worlds has been in the middle of the night. Like, Worlds 2019 was okay, because the last games would probably... The last games of the day would probably be starting around 9 a.m. Which isn't good, but it's not terrible either. But these games, they start at 4. It is a beautiful thing. And I feel like it'll be even more reasonable in the later rounds when uh, they're... Worlds 2022 because they are because uh, play-ins are in Mexico City. Yeah, play-ins are in Mexico City. Groups groups through semis are in the Eastern Time Zone because groups and quarterfinals are in New York. Semis are in Atlanta. Beautiful. <laughs> Which, it's hilarious that semifinals are in a bigger venue than finals. Like, State Farm Arena in Atlanta is bigger than the Chase Center in, in San Fran. Like, I'm sure they will they will dress it up in a way that, that Chase Center is, like, Chase Center has more seats. Because, you know, finals versus semis. But, like... Once groups start, until semis are over, all of the games will be in the Eastern Time Zone. Yes! <laughs> oh, that's... That's that's gonna be... That's gonna be beautiful. That's, that's going to be absolutely freaking beautiful. After so many after after so many years of like just awful scheduling, and after last year in Iceland with a completely energyless worlds, like I, I hope I hope Riot never holds an event in Iceland ever again. It's not their fault. It's it's Riot's fault for just like being so afraid of the Rona that it took them until the end of 2022 to finally have real events again. Like I'm, I'm very, but I'm, I'm very ready for this, especially groups and quarters, which are the most time zone friendly worlds I have yet. I have ever experienced since, since watching, since starting to watch, league esports so i am i am very excited for that but that is next week next week right when does uh when does when does groups when does groups actually start i would assume it's next week i would assume it's next week that would that would make sense because the the last of the play-in games are on monday and tuesday of uh of next week so, uh, episode's gonna be a day later next week, so I can, 
you know, react to the end of play-ins. But yeah, looking looking at the play-in groups, I I'm not sure what's going to happen here. I think group A is a little more set in stone, but honestly, I think there's uh I would say obviously EG are capable of getting out even though they're without Danny. Like EG are capable of getting out. I know uh what's the other guy's name? Uh Kari. What's the other guy's name? Uh Kaori. That's right. Kaori is the other guy. Uh Kaori is not as much of a a scaling ADC like he's a he's a hyper carry. So he just like always needs to be on Lucian or champions like him. Unlike Danny, who is much more versatile. But EG are still really good. Uh, obviously, obviously, uh, DFM, Detonation Focus Me. Uh, I do believe they have a chance to get out. Because it's, it's basically the same team as last year. And... Like they're by far the best team Japan has ever seen in terms of in terms of League of Legends. So they they have a chance to get out. Uh Mega Bank Beyond Gaming, which is awful. It's a terrible name. Um I mean they're they're beyond gaming, like PCS. PCS always makes noise. Fanatic what I don't think uh Loud and and Chiefs, I don't think they stand a chance. Uh, my opinion of Chiefs is very heavily skewed by their god awful Halo team, because <laughs> their their Halo team is not very good. And I don't think, well, one Oceana's never been amazing at a lot of international esports league Halo. They're, they're okay at CS, they're okay at Siege, but that's about it. And same thing with Brazil. Like, Brazil is good at CS, and they are good at nothing else. Brazil is good at CS, and they're getting better, but I don't think... Like, obviously, you had you have the legends like Kaboom and, and Albus Knox Luna. Albus, yeah, Albus Knox Luna were Brazilian. Which, Albus Knox Luna... There's three Latin words, obviously. White Knight Moon. That is such like a that that is such like a a mid two thousands early twenty tens team name from esports because like it's it's so edge lord to call your team like like hey White Knight Moon would be a good name. No, we need to sound cooler. Do it in Latin. Like Albus Knox Luna are legends of league esports. They they were one of the best uh, wild card region teams of all time. I don't think Loud is going to follow in their or Kaboom's footsteps. And Kaboom are only legends because they helped Cloud9 get out of groups. They didn't even get out of groups. An upset win that they had helped Cloud9 finish second. And like that te- those two teams are still friends now, which I think is hilarious. Like those 10 players. And I, it, I think Kaboom, the org is still around and like, Cloud9 and Kaboom have collaborated, as far as I know, in the past before, which I think is hilarious. Like, that's almost... That's, like, on the level of hilarious of Tyler1 and Faker being friends. 
Like Tyler one and Faker are friends. That's the funniest thing ever. You could not find two guys who are less alike that are famous for playing the same game. <laughs> like you could look across any sport, <laughs> traditional or E. And I don't think you could find two guys who are famous for the same fit at a base level, famous for the same thing that are less alike than Tyler one and Faker. But group A and the one, the one big question mark I have in group A is Fnatic. Because Upset and Hillisang are, as far as I know, still not in Mexico. Because for some reason, we're still testing asymptomatic vaccinated players. Thanks, Riot. But like, if I were a Fnatic fan and they don't make it out of play-ins because of that, I would be so pissed. <laughs> it's like, Oh, sure. In September of 2022, we're still testing vaccinated asymptomatic players for COVID. And because of that, our entire bot lane missed play-ins and we finished third behind EG and Detonation Focus Me, where if we had Upset and Hillisang instead of Bean, Bean and Bean Sue which those names are hilarious. Like I only emphasize their names because that's, that's going to be so just evil for the casters with two guys, both in bot lane on the same team that have names that are basically identical. The first four letters, like four letters in order in common. Bean and Beansu. B-E-A-N-S-U. I believe he's the support. Yeah, Bean's just listed as a fill. But I, I'm pretty sure... No, Bean is the ADC and Beansu is the support. But still, they're the bot lane. Instead of Upset and Hillisang. And... DFM are really good. Beyond are really good. Loud are good enough. Louder, I would say louder, at least good enough to pull the upset if they don't. I don't think they're good enough to get out of this group on their own because I don't think Brazil is that strong of a of a league region anymore. But I think they are good enough to pull off a miracle against a depleted Fnatic team. Group B, I know even less about these teams. Off the top of my head, I would think it would go to RNG and DRX just because... China and Korea. But like same thing with uh same thing with PCS, you can never you can never count out VCS, you can never count out the Vietnamese teams, especially cuz they haven't been able to go to Worlds for 2 years. Like they went to MSI. They they went to MSI this year, right? Yeah, it was it was actually Saigon Buffalo. Like they went to they went to MSI, they finished four and two. In a group with T1 <laughs> and Detonation Focus Me. Like they can they can hang. <laughs> Mad Lions Mad Lions are an interesting one because like I feel it feels like they go to worlds every year, but then they never do that well. 
Isaris, the Latin American team, I I honestly don't have that much faith in them. Like LLA never does super well internationally. They might pull off one upset over like maybe Mad Lions or uh uh Denise Bank Istanbul Wildcats, which is again a terrible name. And Denise Bank just looks like the foreign bank just looks like the Turkish version of Bank of America. Half the guys on their roster don't even have headshots. I'm assuming they're the subs, but still. Their jerseys look cool. Their jerseys look a little bit like the Jacksonville Jaguars, which uh, doesn't inspire much confidence, but actually the Jags are good this year. What am I talking about? But yeah, just looking at the group on paper, you would think it would have to go to RNG or DRX. But I could also see a world where maybe Mad Lions gets the two seed out of this group. I, I feel like RNG has the one just locked. They're they're guaranteed to get they're basically guaranteed to get the one seed in this group. I would love it if they didn't. I think that would be really funny. If uh if what the the fourth yeah, the fourth Chinese team didn't didn't get in. Like I think I think that would be very funny. I don't know if it'll happen, but it would be funny. Oh god, I feel bad for EG. <laughs> oh, e- EG's in trouble if they get out of groups no matter what cuz either they end up in group B with Domwon G2 and JDG or they end up in C with Top and the other Vietnamese team Gam. Oh, that that wouldn't be fun. But looking at looking at play-ins, if I had to make actual predictions, I'm going to say group group A actually goes to EG and Detonation Focus Me. They Detonation Focus Me when approved last year wasn't a fluke. Uh beyond or just you you can never count out the PCS, but Detonation Focus Me, I'm pretty sure has the same team they had last year. Like let me let me look on the uh where are they? I'm a life detonation focus me. Evie Steel Yaron Utapon Harp. Yeah, they have uh they have the same team as last year. Evie Steel, Yarong, Utapong, Harp, and Maramel is I think they have a different AD. No, they have the exact same team they had last year. And who was who was in their play-in group last year? Uh, Cloud9, Galatasaray. They were in... That's the thing. They were in a play-in group with Beyond last year. I I totally forgot about that. They were in Beyond's group last year. Uh, Leong. Let's see. Is it the same? It's pretty close to the same team. Kai... Waco. Yeah, it's the same team as last year. So yeah, I'm I'm blocking that prediction in even harder. I think it's gonna be uh I think EG and DFM are gonna come out on top of uh out on top of group A. Group B I'm gonna give to I'm actually gonna give 
Group B to RNG and Jeez, I'm I'm saying two major region teams aren't gonna make it out of play-ins. I, I'm about to say two major region teams aren't gonna make it out of play-ins because I gave I gave one of the play-in spots to a Japanese team. Dang. I'm going to give Group B to RNG because as much as I hate it, you can never... As much as I hate it, don't bet against the LPL ever. Like, until until later rounds, don't bet. Don't really uh, bet against the LPL. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that for now and say RNG wins group B. Second spot. I can't really pick against Korea either. I'm gonna give it to DRX. As much as I want to give it to uh Saigon Buffalo, they were they were the second place team in Vietnam in in summer. Gam Gam managed to uh Gam managed to beat them. So yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with EG. And Detonation Focus Me from Group A and RNG and DRX from Group B. Those predictions could be wildly wrong. Watch, like, it'll be Fnatic and Beyond who come out of A and Mad Lions and Saigon Buffalo who come out of B. That's absolutely not happening, but it'd be, it'd be really funny <laughs> if I was just that horrifically wrong. I got, just get all four teams wrong. But that's what I got for League of Legends and for the show today. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Because play it. See you then. Summit, visions pray.